Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Everybody, all the Be Real listeners, thank you for coming back and listening to us again. <laughs> I don't know what is getting into me today, but it's me, Diana Gasparoni, and I am here with Ednisha Salisbury. I am also present. Um, present. My hand is raised. I am present. Okay. I am here. I am engaged. I am ready to talk today. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm in a good mood today. I, I, I can't lie. I, I like woke up in a good mood and feeling good. I got a little Nina Simone going on in my head. Okay. Like, okay. And we are, we're, we're here. We're still not together in the same place. Not yeah. yet. And who knows if that's going to happen? I mean, we got a, we got a system now. We got to figure out if we're going to change the system, but I spent a lot of time over the past couple of weeks out in the world. What was that like? Well, I'm tired. Um, okay. It was it. It was more than I thought it was going to be. Like I, I commit. I've committed to way more things than I thought I would right mm-hmm. away. I'm like leaving the house, and I finally took public transportation. I think I mentioned that already. I took a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> to my friends it was like, here's me on public transportation. Like it's not something I did for 30 years prior to the pandemic. I'm finding that get it like just reworking that muscle of going outside and being, and also like, I'm so excited and jo- like getting out, getting it together and getting my act together to get out of the house is one thing, mm-hmm. but like, I'm so excited to be around people and talking to people. I've had like amazing conversations with waiters. Um, <laughs> With wait staff and like introducing myself, like hi, 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 hi. Oh my god! Oh, like and seeing people's faces, like without mm-hmm. the mask. And like I went out for dinner last Friday night, and he was very like there was everything was open here. Yeah, he didn't have there were no restrictions, and so he didn't have his mask on. So he came up to the table and he explained to us why he didn't have his mask on and all the things. We were like, okay, that's cool. And the first thing I thought of while I was, he was talking and talking, I was like, what is your skin routine? So then we got into this whole big, he had, his skin was on point, which I think is, we're going to see a lot of, because I think people have been taking really good care of their skin because of Zoom. You are right. People have been taking very good care of their skin. Um, I think for me, I'm such an extrovert. So like going back out and talking to people, I'm all in. 
I mean, I've been, ever since I've been at any restaurant, I've been talking to the wait staff. I'm talking to everybody because that's just what I do anyway. But I notice that there are some people who are like fatigued now, right? Because they're so not used to doing it. And I was talking to my friend recently and I was like, oh yeah, I don't need any downtime. I can just keep going. <laughs> like I'm saying yes to everything. This is the summer of yes. You want me to come where? Yes. Now the problem is, is whether or not I put it in my schedule and then I say yes to something else at the same time. That's my oh. only issue is double booking. <laughs> but other than that, I am, I went to dinner it was my girlfriend's birthday on Wednesday and um, we went to dinner. We went to dinner with some friends from college. It was really nice. Right. Like, and their kids. So their kids are like older. One of them, one of their kids are going to college. The other one is like, she's like 11, but they talk more now. Right. Like, so we're all having this like conversation about college. It was really cool. Like I was happy to be out. I was happy to be around them. Um, and I was just thinking about, I do want to focus more on prioritizing play this summer. Oh. Like I want to go to the park. I want to do volleyball. Like I want to do like some Olympic game kind of thing with my friends. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to see people. I'm ready to play. Uh, uh, okay. Let, let's, I'm excited about <laughs> the play. Um, I'm fascinated that we went from play to Olympic games because that <laughs> sounds competitive and a whole nother level of something. So just like probably some relay races, you know, just kind of setting up these things. Like, yeah. I love to have fun. And so um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm Central Park and me are going to be best friends. That's all I'm saying. I'm in the park. That's it. Where are you, Anisha? I'm at the park. Meet me at the park. You want to hang out with me? Meet me at the park. That's it. Oh, all right. Okay. Picnic in the park with Anisha. Picnic Ooh. at the park with Anisha. <laughs> I'm going to find a spot. Um, I love that. I love that. I'm also like figuring out what I'm, what, where my comfortability is. Like what... Mm -hmm. Eating it, I've eaten indoors. Okay. okay. That was okay. I tried to see if I could rally and get everybody to agree to go to the movies this weekend. No, okay. That one didn't, that, that one. Oh, yet. well. Nope. Okay. I went to a wedding last weekend. A little shout out to our friend Divya. Congratulations on getting married. Yes, yes. Congratulations. And that was something. That was, I mean, it was a beautiful wedding. She's a beautiful bride. I know she's listening. The food was amazing. You were great. I loved like the Bollywood dance that the met, the groomsmen and the bridesmaid did. It mm -hmm. was amazing. They, I mean, they had the equivalent to a Bollywood set in the okay. number of groomsmen and bridesmen that they had. <laughs> groomsmen and bridesmaids. Yeah. They, they had a lot. So they put together this really fun dance. It was, it was super cute. But it was definitely, I was like, oh, oh, dance floor. Oh, live music. Oh, dancing. Oh, something. Okay. Ooh, ooh, let's do this. Okay. People. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. We're going to do it. We're talking to people. We're doing it. We're meeting new people. We're doing our thing. And that was like in succession of like a bunch of other, and then I like, mm -hmm. and then the next day I went out for dinner and then I did this and then I did this and I was like, whoa, 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 slow your roll, girl. You don't have to do it all at once. <laughs> I'm not ready for big crowds. I know that. Like I can do more intimate. But I've seen pictures of people out and it's like maybe around like 50, 100 people. I'm not ready for that. I will say that. But my favorite line is going to be the CDC said. <laughs> That's it. Whenever you ask me what the CDC said, <laughs> I can do this now. <laughs> the CDC said, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. So as long as the CDC says it's okay. But I do think that like, I could feel, I felt the fatigue. I mean, I'm an, also an extrovert. You got me beat though. Um, Energize a bunny. I know. <laughs> so I mean, I, it's nice though. Cause when we go places together, like you take the lead and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to find out this person's name. And I don't have, I don't, I don't have to use the name in a sentence because Nisha already does. We're already done. We're done. I don't, she's done it. She's taking care of it for me. I can just give the follow-up of thank you. But like conserving my energy, I think might be a thing. Okay. Like, and just like figuring out how to balance the new, the, the new balance. And I don't, I don't want the whole like rushing, rushing into the city every day, commuting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that every day. Um, and I don't, I don't think anybody does, but I do like, I miss community. I miss being around people. I miss the breakup of like work and home. Yes. <laughs> well, I am excited that I will see you on Wednesday at the office. Mm-hmm. We're going to work your, on Did Wednesday. you pick your salad yet? I did not pick my salad, but I am excited to be there. Someone asked too. me today, my client was like, oh, is it going to be virtual or in person? And I was like, how presumptuous are you? But yes, I will be in the office this week, sir. But he can't make it. But I, I will be in the office. I am excited. I don't know if I'm going to have anyone who actually comes in and sits in the room with me yet. But um, I will be there getting used to being back. I'm excited to actually see you and have lunch with you. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. I am excited too. And we have good weather coming up. Oh, yes. I can't wait to be outside. Well, you have some, and you're now a sneaker girl. So I am. I bought some Adidas the other day. High top Adidas. Oh my gosh. I wore them with a cute skirt and like a half top the other day. I was like, okay. My father was like, how old are you again? Where are you going with these high top sneakers on and a half top? Leave me alone, daddy. I'm reinventing myself after the pandemic. <laughs> Talking oh. about t-shirts. Oh, we okay. have some new merch coming out, right? That's going to be super cute. I it's see out. you have it on today. I know. Okay. I love it. So we get a new, you can get them in multiple colors. Oh yeah. You can be bold, be kind, be well all the different, all the different thoughts and things that you can do to be well on the front of your t-shirt. We have mugs, water bottles, oh, oh. and a hoodie. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. No, we will have the link in the show notes and you can go right to the site, Be Well Psychotherapy, click on the podcast and boom, boom, you'll see shop. So that's, it is exciting. I'm excited about the merch. I've been, uh, you know, wearing it around, checking mm-hmm. it out. Yep. 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 Um, another endeavor, something new and exciting. Always, <laughs> <laughs> always something new, always something exciting. Um, I think it's time for you to introduce the guest, Diana, since it is your friend. Yes, I will. I will introduce today's guest. So our guest today, I should tell you a little bit about what he what he does professionally, but I'm going to tell you while I look up his professional bio, I'll give you a little background. We talk about it a lot in the episode, but Michael E. Scott is our guest today. Michael E. Scott is always so many things in my world, but uh, most important, he was one of the very first people that I met when I moved to New York who made me feel loved and, um, I have so many feelings and 
about him being here and how uh, Jessica went out and and that is how we got well it's not how we got Jessica but it's how Jessica won me over in a heartbeat um, because she uh, knows him as well. So Michael E. Scott is a painter, sculptor, dancer, and choreography. In addition to choreographer, in addition to being the art director of the Wendy Williams Show, whether it is a pirouette or a oh Jessica, what does that say? Some sort of some sort of spin. He is gifted with the rare ability to visualize what he what does not yet exist. He has performed on countless stages, including Broadway, the Tony Awards, Radio City Christmas Spectacular, before transitioning to television. And he has worked with many of the greats throughout his career. He's going to join us today, and we are going to talk about our history, and most specifically, we're going to talk about Pride Pride Month. We were both there at its. We were there at the Pride parade inception in New York City and his work with Broadway Cares. So please sit back, grab your tea and have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Welcome back to Be Real. This is Etnisha. And where is my co-host? Are you here with me today, Diana? I would never leave you hanging, Anisha. I'm here. I'm here with you. Always. Ready. ready. Even though the summer is coming and I'm ready to be outside, but we're, we're on the podcast. Here we go. It's okay because it's raining today. Okay. <laughs> so Diana, is it time for you? Because we have to introduce our guests, right? Which is always super cool. So Diana, listen. Before this started, I just got to let everyone know, she could barely talk, okay? Like, our guest just means that much to her that she could barely get out words. So I'm not sure how today is going to go. I just wanted to let you guys know that just in case. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Diana. I'm going to need you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, I'm, you know, and a little behind the scenes, when our guest came on, I was... I, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I've been overwhelmed with feeling and emotion and love since Jessica told me that Michael Lee Scott was joining us today. Now I'm going to let him tell most of the stories because he hands down is a better storyteller than I am. I did hear that, and, Michael, that you were a great storyteller. And <laughs> he's got the way he's going to weave together how we know each other is just going to make my heart sing. But there is not a moment in 
my life that I don't think about him since the day I met him. And that was, he's going to tell you many, many moons ago. And when you meet somebody who you love instantly, it doesn't matter how long you've seen, but it just doesn't matter. Like I'm, and Michael E. Scott is here today. And that's all I can say, because I'm going to cry. And I know I say that every time, but this time it's real because I am so excited and just the, just to see your face. <laughs> so Michael Lee, I want you to jump in and just tell everybody who you are and who you are today. And then we will get into who you are to me later. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Michael Lee Scott here. Nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me, Diana and Anisha and Jessica. I am a very, very old friend of Diana Gasparoni's. <laughs> we met in 1985. I moved to New York from Texas, from South Texas. I turned 20 and thought, I got to get my ass out of here. Moved to New York and was going to school and needed a job. So I went and applied at the Gap on 73rd and Broadway and got hired to be a salesperson and was standing on the floor and Diana came barreling in as a manager and she was had a massive mane of hair, massive earrings, huge shoulder pads and a black fringe leather jacket. And she said, you, move that stuff over there. And I was like, um, if you'll ask me politely, I'll do whatever you want. She went, I like you. And that was <laughs> it. That was it. We became dear close friends. Oh, was um, that the Boston accent I heard in there, Michael? Like, did she have, oh, was it heavy? Did she, was it heavy back then? Our joke was she would say, move the cotton, the <laughs> you know, cotton sweater and go buy me a, no, cotton of cigarettes and a carton sweater. We're like, if you just reverse the two, <laughs> it'll make sense. Cause she would say a carton sweater. Cardigan. I couldn't say it. A cardigan, cardigan sweater and a, <laughs> and a cotton of cigarettes. Like, who can I, say that? Oh, I'm so glad I don't smoke really anymore. I've heard the Boston accent before. I'm like, who is this? And why is she talking like that? That was awesome. It was awesome. Became really good buddies. You know what? The funny, I was just sitting while you were doing the introduction, Diana. I don't know if you remember, I came to Boston for one of your surprise birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> it was back in the day, yes. the $30 airfare from here to, to New York to Boston. It was 30 bucks on People's Express. Yes. <laughs> I flew in, landed at the airport, and there was a little old woman <laughs> waiting for a taxi. And she said, kid, where are you going? I said, I'm going to this address. She said, get in the car with me. I live across the street, basically. So she rode, drove me in, and I went to Diana's house, and Elise, your friend Elise, we had mm -hmm. a surprise birthday party for you. And the highlight of that birthday party was we made Diana sit down, and the policeman comes in, and the music kicks in, and she oh. turns around, and he turns around, and she's like, Tommy. He's like, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> it is too much. I love that back in the day when we trusted people, we got into strangers' cars and it was okay. Like you yeah. made it out alive. Right? Yeah, like, right. chatted. But the best is that Diana knew the stripper and he was mortified. And you're like, no, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> we paid for you. That's right. <laughs> we were like, of all the places you could show up, and we we're like, hey, hey. <laughs> Oh, that was the best. That oh, the best. God. Yes. I had that memory came to my and so many more. And then, I mean, we could go on. I was also thinking now that we're doing this, because I was telling Jessica, when I came back from India, I stayed with you on your couch. And remember when you cut my hair and there was that piece of hair that we named Ursula because we it just like it wouldn't do anything. And he was just like, I can cut it because Michael Lee can do anything. <laughs> so I just sat on a stage and he was like, 
okay. Because I hadn't had a haircut and right, right. Oh yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. And my other favorite story, uh, one of them, you, I, I was a performer and I had been touring and I came back and I had like a month in between jobs. I didn't know what to do. And Diana was managing at a French connection in Soho. And she called me and said, just come work for me. Just come entertain me and work for me. And I'll say, great. So I go in my combat boots to the French connection. And you know, the little sensors that have the tack on them. I would step on them and put them on my toes and heels and tap dance all day and the French connection and just yeah. entertain her. To entertain me. That was it. <laughs> you told me to entertain you. That's what I was supposed to do. That was... <laughs> my mouth is hurting from laughing. This is going to be an interesting <laughs> interview. <laughs> and he did. He just, that was it. He entertained the customers when they were there. He didn't have to do anything else. Just come and entertain right. me. Whatever. <laughs> There's people doing everything else. <laughs> like, you're going to buy a blouse or not. Who cares? Just, you Just know. Just take me. Have a minute. Practice. Like, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> and then, wait, Diana, I was also thinking, because I have a little dog now, didn't you have the dog that fit through the electrical cord and that fried his mouth open? Pepe. Pepe. He was missing. Yep. Part I of had Lucy mouth. and Pepe. Mm -hmm. I adopted them because <laughs> I was. I wanted a dog. Uh, Justin, Justin, if he's listening to our podcast, was around then. And Justin bought me earrings that were a dog and a bone. I was like, nope. And I adopted a, two dogs from the Village Voice. They were, it was back in the day. Back in the day. And Pepe was a rescue from Puerto Rico. And uh, I adopted the two of them together from another couple and soon realized why they were given up for adoption. But I kept them for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, they they were a lot, Lucy and Pepe. They, but, were, they were a lot. I remember them being a lot. Yeah. Oof. No. At monkey is my redo because oh. at the time, <laughs> at the time, at the time, probably not. I probably should have had to fill out an adoption paperwork. Somebody should have vetted me as a. Well, my, as a my husband Rob and I we've been together for twenty one years, but I guess a year ago before the pandemic we had two margaritas and we were going to buy a couch and we ended up with the Havanese dog. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Couch dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the story behind that was I'm very social and Rob could be alone all day. He didn't care. So we had our two drinks and he's like, now what do you want to do? And I said, well, we got to find a couch and I want to see people. I want to talk to people, like see friends, whatever. So we walk up to this pet store and I know you're supposed to get a rescue, but it was a pet store and it was full of people on the weekend and Rob opened the door and shoved me and said, get in there and talk to people. <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness. And the next thing I didn't, ended up with a damn dog. Of course you did. Uh, Chief, right? Chief, yeah. He's Dude. having me. He's having, he's a great, great dog. Um, so the fun thing about that is, you know, they give you all the papers because he's, he's full bred. You can go on Google Maps now and see where the, the breeding, you know, ground is in Missouri. And we zoomed in on it from Street View and it basically looks like the house from Silence of the Lambs. So we said, well, we rescued him from there. <laughs> That's a story. Perfect. into it. We have rescued the dog. We rescued him from Missouri, so. <laughs> very good very good. i love it he's cute he's cute i have seen i've seen pictures the only bad part is i sleep with one my right arm cocked so he can sleep in my armpit and so then i have a little bit of spinous neck issue because of that because i don't want to move don't no moving no 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 i know i roll over onto my back and bend my left 
yep. leg. Yep. So it's at a 90 degree angle. So monkey right. can lay on my thigh, on the yep. top of my yep. thigh yep. with his toy in his mouth when it's convenient <laughs> for him. Right. This right. is true love. Like, it wow. Totally true We're love. not even doing this for our partners. <laughs> Look what we're doing for the dog. Oh, oh no. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm rolling him over because he's snoring. Uh, but yes, right. monkey gets all the things. Yeah, yeah. So it's chief. chief. I know. Chief. Anisha, I'm gonna. You have to. You have to jump in because we're just. We're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna have <laughs> you to going ask like the this? questions. Yes. Okay. So I guess for me, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that the fact that you've lived like many, many, many lives, Michael, like you were a painter, a sculptor, a dancer, a choreographer, like tell our listeners a little bit about those things. I, I think that that is so interesting before we get into the other stuff. Well, first of all, I grew up surprisingly enough in a very, very creative family in Kingsville, Texas, which is an hour north of Mexico. You would not think someone living in that environment would have the parents that I did. My mom was this wonderfully creative, uh, costume designer and my dad was uh, had his doctorate in opera and was the chairman of the music department at Texas A&R University. My brother played sports and he would come in and be like, I made three touchdowns or whatever. Like, we don't know what that means. The rest of the family had no idea about <laughs> sports. My poor brother was the black sheep of the family. We're like, you know, in Kingsville, Texas, he was the star athlete and no one cared in the whole family. But um, my parents were really supportive and, and I was a little bit of an outsider growing up in that environment. So they kept anything creative that I needed to make work with, arts and crafts, paints, anything I always had. They kept them in my room at all times and I never wanted for anything in the creative you know, areas. So I just kind of learned to do all these different things. Um, when I started, I went to school, Texas a and University for applied voice, and then thought I needed to get out of the university because my father was my advisor. So, no. nine, yes. <laughs> He would open the door down the hallway and look and see if I was in class. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. Um, but so then we went to New York. They brought me to New York in 1985. And I auditioned for the Actors Studio, the Neighborhood Playhouse, and the American Academy of Acting. And got accepted all three. And had only heard of Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. I decided I'm going to go to Lee Strasberg. So I moved to New York summer of 1985 and started school. And was studying acting for many years. And then about two years after that, decided I needed to start auditioning and I only really knew musical theater. So I auditioned for this show and got cast opposite this girl, Kelly Barkley, who was a dance teacher and, and was my dance partner and dance captain of the show. And she said, you're really good, but you can study with these people and get better. So she hooked me up with a couple of different choreographers and dance teachers. And then I ended up through that working on Bossy with Gwen Verdon she called 12 of us out of a classroom and said, I'm starting a show on Friday about Bob. Can you be here? And we were like, absolutely. Quite a while and just kind of went back into the musical theater field. But always keeping this creative outlet of painting, building, that's always been the backbone of what I do. The singing and dancing was always fun. I danced on Broadway for a, for a, a while. I did State Fair. I worked with Jerry Mitchell, who of course has a ton of Broadway hits. And there was a group of us that were his team that he would workshop shows and you would go in and create choreography and he would look at things and so we'd spend six weeks creating all the choreography for like say full monty or rocky horror or so that i found that more enjoyable because you had a say in what was being creative you didn't do the same show eight times a week you got to say what if someone came through this wall and did whatever and that was always more appealing that's what i did for many years and then 
through a long train around the long bend, I ended up dancing on the Rosie O'Donnell show for a while, back when she had her TV show. And there was a group of us, the Broadway performers, who would do these, you know, pop-up numbers with her. And she created Our Family Vacations, which was a charter cruise company for gay and lesbian men and women with children. So imagine an entire cruise ship with people who have only chosen to have their children or have worked really hard to get these kids. Mm -hmm. And every child is adored. It was incredible. So you were sitting by the pool and these two women were playing with a little two-year-old for an hour. And I finally walked over and said, your son is beautiful. How old is he? And they said, oh, this isn't our kid. We don't know. <laughs> Everyone parented. Everyone jumped in. And every family had a different story. They were, you would just walk up and say, tell me your story. And there were two women from Atlanta who had adopted two children and found out the mother had had three other children around the state. So they found those children and adopted, adopted them to keep that family together. So every family had a story like that. It was incredible. So then because of that, Rosie called me and asked if I would be creative director of that company. And I said, absolutely. And that was really a crash course in entertainment. Seth Rodetsky, who's the Broadway man, he's incredible, uh, was in charge of the music. I was artistic director. And then we would have 10 or 12 people who were all Broadway singers and dancers. And we would be getting back on the ship at four o'clock and something would have happened on the pier, like say a fruit stand falls over. Rosie would walk up to us at four o'clock and say, the opening number tonight is about that fruit stand and would walk away. And we would go into a room with Seth, rewrite lyrics. I would make costumes. We would choreograph an entire opening number. So four hours later, that number was about what happened that afternoon. She called, I could make anything out of anything. So Rosie O'Donnell gave me my nickname, which is McGaver. I'm the gay McGuy. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's true. She you said, really crayon, make anything. She said, you get a crayon and a coat, coat hanger and you can put on a show. And I'm like, yes. So then we, at, towards the end of that period, uh, like one of the guys who worked with us got hired as the artist, art assistant at the Wendy Williams show. They called in the summer and said he was coming back as the assistant, but they had fired the art director. And they said, do you know anyone who's an art director? And he said, no, but I know the guy who should be doing this job. So he called me and I put together a resume. And my resume was a 1940s newspaper that had headlines, articles from people, photos of my artwork, photos of things I built, and mailed that into them, dropped it off. And they were like, um, can you come see us? So I got the job as the art director at the Wendy Williams show. And that's where I've been for the last 10 years. It's crazy. I don't even know where to go with this. It's kind of like, wow. It's all over the place. And it, you know, like the building and creating stuff is just, I think it's, it comes from saying yes, especially in television where they're like, we need a game show tomorrow morning. It's seven o'clock at night. Do you think you can have this? And you go, yes. And you run off and go, how am I going to build a game show by seven o'clock in the morning? <laughs> So it, it makes you say yes and continue and, and, and keep working until you, you get it done. Um, my favorite quote is on my art room at the Wendy Williams studio, and it's the six stages of the creative process. And they are, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be tricky. This is shit. I am shit. This might be okay. This is awesome. And it doesn't matter what you're making or what you're creating. It could be a huge show. It could be a little painting. You go through, I find you go through every stage of that. And it teaches me that you just keep going, just get to that last stage. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. 
you know, don't ever give up halfway through or it's not going to, you're not going to find out what you, what you have ability wise. Okay. I love that. And I hope you painted it on your wall um, <laughs> because then I, I also can envision how gorgeous it is. And as you go through this six step, it's true. Like even just when you go through the timeline of your life, like those, right. the, like those are your principles of your life. Like, okay. What, like, it's almost like, and what am I doing? Oh my God. I can't do this. You gotta be kidding me. Oh my God. I'm awesome. <laughs> right, right. 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 And it's amazing. I'm, I'm going to be 57 this summer and how you still go through that. And at least I think the only thing you realize what that is. So you're not, so it doesn't paralyze you like it used to when you were young. Now you're like, just keep going. You'll be fine. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, there's been, I, I know because I've spent many, many a day crying in your house. <laughs> 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 that was going to happen to me. It's going to be terrible. What am I doing? And like those days are over, but um, still the, the process of creating something new or doing something. I mean, there's always something being created in uh, at Be Well and like we did it. We did it with Be Real too. Like, is it going to work? What are we going to do? And then it's amazing things that happen. You start thinking the older you get, you start to realize I do know what I'm doing, which is that's usually the case. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just keep going and figure it out. Right. That's the beauty. But you do know what you're doing. That's the thing. Like you don't, but you do. Because right. you know in the end it's going to get figured out. And it always does. My, my assistant at Wendy Williams was very funny because they'd be like, we need a 10 foot Barbie that's in, in a tent. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And here we go, oh brother, and walk out of the room. <laughs> like, you're gonna totally do it, it's gonna be awesome. He said it was only a pain in the ass when he walked in the, the door at six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm shit, this is shit. And he's like, ah, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I can imagine that you are the official storyteller all this time. Like you always have really great stories <laughs> at the parties. Well, I, yeah, there's a couple, but do, do you want to hear my favorite story of all time? Do it. I want it. Yes, let's go. So I was designing a restaurant. Um, so there's Cafe Habana on Prince and Elizabeth. Do you know that restaurant? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My buddies own that and they licensed uh, a Cafe Habana Malibu for Randy Gerber and Cindy Crawford out in Malibu. And they asked if I would go design it. So I moved to LA, I'm designing this restaurant, uh, which interestingly enough for me, it was hard to be in LA because at nine o'clock, every human being that I know on the East Coast, Coast was asleep. So I felt very lonely and was like, oh. But I have this little lesbian friend who lives in Palm Springs and she called me and said, can I bring you to Palm Springs to paint my Winnebago? She had another gay comedian with a camera crew and they were doing a documentary called Out for Last to go to all the different conventions in the summer. And I said, absolutely. And she said, we can fly you from New York. I said, you don't have to fly me from New York. I'm in Malibu. I'll drive out this weekend. It was awesome. And I've never been to Palm Springs. So nine o'clock, I leave Malibu, which is way too late for traffic. But I put my earbud in. So I had GPS in my ear and I had music playing. And as a New Yorker, I never get to drive anywhere. So I was loving it. So terrible traffic, of course. And she called at midnight and said, are you almost here? And I said, no, GPS says I won't get there till 1.30. And she said, okay, look, my friends are here. They've been smoking and drinking. I don't want anyone driving. They're going to stay in the bedrooms. You're going to stay in the front yard in the Winnebago. We'll leave it unlocked. I'll see you in the morning. So I GPS turned right on Papaya. And there it is. There's the Winnebago. I dragged my bag over and she forgot to unlock it. So I go in the house, walk down the hallway and look at all the bedrooms and think, I don't want to knock on doors and start waking people up because, you know, I don't know what room Shan's in. So I go back in the living room and there are six sets of car keys for all the six cars in the driveway. So I take every car key out and I try to unlock the Winnebago. I can't unlock it. Go back inside, 
calm down, see the pool in the backyard, go sit with my feet in the pool and look at the stars because it's a beautiful desert night. Go back in the kitchen, get some chips and dip, and I'm standing there eating and I look down at a stack of her mail and read Brian Saldana. I'm in someone else's home. No. <laughs> 40 minutes out in someone else's house. And when I think I, you were in the right state. If you I, were in another state, that it, things may have went very differently. <laughs> I looked at all the mail and realized, holy shit, I'm in the wrong house. Tears now are dripping off my chin because you're like, oh no, oh my God. So I have my Coke and I, or soda and I backed my way out of the house leaving every light on. I'm so glad that you took the soda from the refrigerator <laughs> with you as you were leaving, go on. Uh, get to the front door, very quietly drag my bag out, see everything, go get in my car and completely burst into tears because you're like, holy shit. Look at the car, turn the car on, turn, look at the address and realize I have to go eight houses down and there's the house with the Winnebago in the front yard unlocked. It was horrifying. So now when people talk about, oh, Robert Downey Jr. was high and he woke up in some kid's bedroom, I'm like, yes, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it did it. I mean, it does happen. Oh. Oh. Well, that... <laughs> The next morning, I called my mom and dad and told them the story. And when I got to the part about reading the mail, I started crying again. I'm like, oh, it's still fresh. <laughs> still there. Totally still there. Um, okay. We're going we're to take this beautiful moment to take a break. And then we're going to be right back. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit bewellpsychotherapy.com or text BEWELL, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com or text BEWELL, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. And we're back. So we're going to shift gears just a little bit. <laughs> I knew I was going to, I was like, oh, we're we shifting gears. No, I just want to continue. No, we are going to, we're going to shift gears. <laughs> so um, as we know, uh, this is going to air during Pride Month. I kind of think we went to the first Pride Parade together. I think so. I nice think we did. I think yeah. we did. And 100%. Um, so I was telling the kids too, the kids that are working with me, that I remember going and it was on Fifth Avenue yeah. and it was a, not a large group of people. I mean, they, no. you know, and they had the moment of silence, which was crazy. And then at the end, there was just a big truck with a whole bunch of speakers on it all the way down the street to the, I guess the pier to be, was there I, it just was a village? Yeah. Yeah. We were, de we definitely, we were together during that time. And so I'm thinking, I, I really, I know I, we went to a couple together. 
yeah, couple. Absolutely. I I may have dipped out when we got to the piers. That might have been like I may have had to work in the morning, or like I had had maybe a little a little too much and had to go home. I mean, because I've also like had every dance floor in my <laughs> too. Like there's been so many, so many memories. We want to shift gears, talk about Pride, and also come around to Broadway Cares and Anisha. Your work with Equity Fights AIDS, <laughs> in which I it was given to us as EFA, and I was like, what does that mean? So now I know Equity Fights AIDS. Yeah, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. So back in in the I was want to say 82, 83, 84, when the AIDS crisis was hitting, uh, so many performers were really hit uh, very hard with it, the entire Broadway community. So Broadway Cares and Equity Fights AIDS were two different organizations. They finally joined together. And it was basically, you know, this was in a day when you would find out your friend Jim was sick on Monday and you were worried about him. And then you found out Saturday he was dead because it was so, and no one was helping these people. No one knew what this was. So Broadway Cares started raising money to either get people medication, get hospital care, take care of their rent and what they were going through at the time came up with these crazy fun ways to start raising money. Um, and one of them was Jerry Mitchell, who's the acclaimed Broadway choreographer. Uh, he was doing Will Rogers Follies at the time and was in great shape. So they went to Splash, the gay bar on 17th Street, and said, we're going to go-go dance on Splash, the bar at Splash, and whatever cash we get, we're going to give to Broadway Cares. So they went, and then uh, they had a couple of numbers they put together. And each one did a little bit and then go or danced and they made like $8,000. It was mind blowing that they made so much money. Wow. <laughs> so then the owners of Splash said, we're gonna get, make everyone leave and charge another $10 for people to come back in. Would you do a second show? And they said, absolutely. So he gave everyone a tequila shot and they emptied the house and brought everyone back in and did it again and made more money. Well, six months later, I believe back in those days, they did two a year. Um, there were, say, six guys and now four girls who wanted to do it. So they said, great, let's create an opening number, and then each person will do their solo strip and, and, and whatnot to make money. So that kept growing. Uh, the first time I did it was in 1995, I believe, or 96, and there were 30 of us in the show, and you would create your number, and we did it at the Palladium. And they would walk in with a Ziploc baggie and say, here's your costume. <laughs> it would be like a spandex something and a thong. And that was it. But all the money goes to Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. Cut to, it is so huge now. Uh, we, last year, the year before, we raised $2 million in one night. So it's at Hammerstein Ballroom, aside from being in the pandemic. 3,500 people at each show. It's incredible. And everything is donated, all the stage, all the sound equipment, lighting equipment, the crew that puts it together, the costume designers, every performer. Uh, there are 200 dancers in it now. It's just, it's through the roof. It's the most joyous event any of us are part of. Um, so I, I always say I was in it, I think, for nine years. And then there comes the year you look at the 24-year-old next to you and say, I'm never taking my clothes off again. <laughs> <laughs> so then I became one of the choreographers and creative people. We, we have a team now that we start in October and come up with the base idea and each of you create a number. And then branching off of that, I personally create Broadway Bears Fire Island, which is 26 dancers that the lovely Jessica was part of one year. We create a gorgeous number for her um, that raises money as well. And for the last two years, we've, we've done it via Zoom, via the internet. 
We've been working um, for the last couple of months on it. My number was filmed. Every human being in my number was filmed by themselves, but there are delivery people dropping boxes off. And the best part about that is the very beautiful girl who looks at the hot guy who's delivering the package. She reaches out and takes his hat off. If you look closely, she's got a very hairy arm. <laughs> There's little moments in that, that my number that you'll see on Father's Day that make me so happy where you do see the little flubs like that and you realize no one is in the same room at the same time, but the story is there. So we're, we're hoping to raise a lot of money again this year, even though it's virtual. My heart is so full and just going over the timeline of all of it, like starting at the beginning and remembering pride and remembering that time and remembering when your friends were dying and not seeing like right. going to work or not seeing somebody the next day and not knowing what happened to them and how horrible that was and how impacted everybody was and just what has come out of it and how the evolution of Broadway cares is so amazing. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, and I want Jessica popped in because she, she too is overwhelmed that I wanted to unmute herself and just say one thing about participating in that. Hi. No, I'm going to cry, you guys. I'm emotional. I just had a baby. It's okay. Uh, it's, an emotional, it's an emotional conversation. Um, <laughs> no, I love Broadway Cares. I started, um, what, 2013, 14? And I've met some of my amazing friends from it. I have friends who are HIV positive and they have all the help in the world that they have now. And I don't know. I don't know. I just miss it. I miss, like, I miss performing also. So it's like both of it. Right, right. You'll I gotta go. I gotta go, you guys. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Thank you, Jess. I had a dancer reach out to me that did Fire Island Broadway Bears a couple of years ago. And he said, I'm HIV positive and I don't, I can't get my medication anymore. Who do I call? And I called someone and he called me back 11 minutes later and said they had already dealt with it. Wow. It's, it's amazing. Um, you talk a lot about people helping other people. It actually happens with Broadway Cares. They're, they're very present in, in taking care of what has to get done. And for you to be with this from the beginning must feel really amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is amazing. I always say I, and I do my best to make whatever we're creating joyous and fun and happy because it was born out of such darkness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, never be rude to a dancer or make someone feel bad. Let's Let's create and celebrate and, and enjoy it. And so I think that is, uh, I, I believe very strongly in that, that you should not, you know, and a lot of people, it's such a huge ordeal now and kids across the country know about it because it's on online. Um, they think, oh, I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna work with this choreographer or get, you know, notoriety for being in the show. It's not about that. It's about helping your fellow humans and, and being supportive of the world around you. Wow, I think everybody is just, didn't really know what to say at this point. <laughs> also, I think that, I mean, for me personally, as you are talking about it and hearing the joy that, that you bring, that you put into and want people to experience is also like the gift of who you are in the world. Thanks. I mean, there, if, if there's one thing that, I mean, I think that's where all the feelings come from when I, when I knew that you were going to be here today is that it's every moment that I have spent with you is filled with joy. And, and it's just, I, I mean, my heart is so full and that we are here. I mean, it's 30 some odd years later and that <laughs> I still, like, 
I'm like, oh my God, I'm still so in love with you. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just so like, it's, your gift is, is, is such a treasure. Thanks, Diane. I appreciate that. I attribute it to Darlene Scott, who today is 85 years old. Oh, it's Darlene's birthday? Darlene's birthday. She's so damn cute. She, best. I have had that pleasure and she is so damn cute. Happy birthday, Miss Darlene. Happy birthday. Um, no, wait, I want to plug something else real quick. If I could just tell people, one of the, so many different organizations branched off from Broadway Cares that everyone was like, what can we do to raise money? And there's a gentleman, Michael McElroy, created the Broadway Inspirational Voices. Look them up. Look them up on YouTube. They're a gospel choir of all different denominations, all different races, but all Broadway singers recreating Broadway music in the gospel style. And they also do amazing gospel music. They are actually opening the Little Island. They're going to be the first concert on the Little Island. I think they're already sold out because I couldn't get tickets. But look them up online, the Broadway Inspirational Voices. They do really great work as well. Oh, my goodness. We will make sure that that's A in the show notes. And B, I'm really interested in this Little Island. Just a little side note, just to like see if we can all stop crying. Um, What is this little? I haven't been there yet. I just heard about it the other day. Have you been? Stunning. Yes, Barry Diller and Diane von Furstenberg backed it, and it's just it's actually with the pier where the Titan Lusitania is that they saved everyone from the Titanic. That's where they got off. So they they were going to build a pier there, but there was rot in the posts going down. So they built these tulips that are concrete tulips that come up out of the water and house this little island that has hills and, and there's a, an amphitheater that's on the water. It's so stunning. If you're, it's just so whimsical and crazy. I went the day it opened. Oh my goodness. My All assistant right. got tickets. I didn't, I wasn't smart enough. He got tickets and tipped me, so. Okay. Nice. Oh, right, that. you have to get tickets, COVID. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. yeah. Road trip, sounds like yeah, yeah, you, a road trip. I, everyone has to go see it. Take a deep breath, Diana. <laughs> you got through it. Look I at did. That. I did. I got through it. I got, <laughs> I got, I got through it. <laughs> so I was thinking, Michael, hopefully you'll be choreographing numbers until you're 85. Maybe. <laughs> I think, I, I, so it worked two years ago. I think two or three years ago, I broke my foot. Long, stupid story. But then I'm like, well, Broadway Bears is like in three weeks. What do you do? And so then I went into a studio and sat with my foot up on a chair and like, no, no, do that again. But now you reverse that. Oh. And by the end of like an hour, I'm like, oh, this is how you do it. You sit and tell people what to do. Okay. And you were polite about it every time. No one had yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. ask me politely and I'll do anything you want. You said, please. <laughs> and it got done. <laughs> it got done. I love it. So um, just remind everybody again, what day and how did they see it? Um, it will be online, broadwaycares.org okay. is the link. And it will be on Father's Day, which is June 20th. Mm-hmm. And that also kicks off a stripathon. So every dancer in the show uh, puts together a page and you can go through and find them. There'll be links and you can donate $5 to them, $10 to them, $20, 100 however much you want. And that also increases the amount of money we raise for this organization. Oh, okay. Broadwaycares.org on Father's Day, June Father's 20th. June 20th, yeah. Okay, we got that. Did we forget anything, Anisha? The last hurrah. You know, I have some questions for Michael that have nothing to do with what we discussed today. Oh, I like that. 
No surprises, <laughs> surprises, surprises, surprises. And of course, I have all this stuff going on in the background because it's New York City. I'm like, could the ambulance please go by already? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as we wait for the ambulance to go by outside <laughs> Anisha's house, um, I just like, I mean, I'm so flooded with memories that they're like, it's, it's a little bit, I don't even know where to go. But I do, um, I also was thinking, like, we can donate to Broadway Cares when we go back to the theater, right? Isn't it at the end of yes, every... They- Twice a year, they do fundraising. Uh, at the, they'll give a curtain speech at the end of the show and say, we're either raising money for Broadway Cares Equity Fight Saves for the Easter Bonnet competition, so that's in the spring, or for the uh, Red Bucket Brigades, which is in the fall. And as you leave the theater, you can drop money in the, in the buckets. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And if I want to follow you on Instagram, where do I find you? Because it is worth it. Because <laughs> you get to see, you do get to see, like all of a sudden he'll create like this crazy thing, and you're like, "How did you do that?" And uh, it's amazing to see what happens. Go ahead, and in the audience alone for Wendy Williams. For oh, nine. We we were the audience, Nisha. We were the audience for nine months. So I had a mask oh my gosh, and you would run around the, com- the commercial with your head cut off, and then sit there and nod. And- <laughs> So the bad thing is now when I see friends on the street, I nod and talk. Nod, hi, hi, yeah. But my Instagram is TV Michael Lee, as in television. TV Michael Lee, L E E. Yeah, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Um, okay, we'll make sure that everything again is in the show notes. And how we how are we doing with the street noise, Anisha? We're good. Let's go. All right, girl. So, Michael, if you wrote your autobiography today, what would the title be? Mm. I know you've thought about this. I can, I, I feel it. <laughs> it, would, it would probably some, be something like yes and. So yes to whatever it is you need and let's figure out how to do it. Yes. And okay. I love it. Shaking your head. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, <not> the <laughs> yes and. Okay. Perfect. And the second question is, what is your favorite 80s jam? Well, I'm going to say... Uh, um, is Cindy Lauper because I work with her occasionally, so I have to be uh, loyal to my Cindy. Okay. <laughs> Which song? Um, hmm. I, I think girls just want to have fun. I mean, that's such an anthem across yeah. the room. And to watch her uh, over the past couple of years do that, like say at the um, at the stadium uh, with, at the Hollywood Bowl, and to get fifteen thousand people up singing that back to you, like okay, that's that's it. I love that it never gets old. Never gets old. Never. Yeah. Will. No. Yeah. Some songs can really last, yeah, like time. Like it's just timeless. So yeah. I love that. So are we done for the day? I don't know. I, I mean, know Diana doesn't, doesn't want to let you go, Michael. No. Doesn't want to let you go. It's really I don't think I want to let you go either, though. It's great to see yeah. you all. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Anisha, now when you go on my Instagram, you've got to look at these little paintings I do. They're the 90-minute paintings. Okay. And there's like a scissor, a pair of scissors, and the painting is next to it. And that's what I meant about those 90, I do 90 minute paintings. I set a timer. Uh-huh. And you go through every stage of the creative process. You're like, this is awful. This is shit. I am shit. Oh, this might be okay. This is awesome. And so those are my lesson. I put them on my Instagram. You can see that. I can't wait. I'm going to check it out today. Okay. So our producer doesn't want you to go either. And he wants to know <laughs> when you're going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but we will. Well, you, yeah. You tell me when. Yeah, baby, we will. Don't you worry. I love this so much. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so, I mean, there's so many fun facts, right? So like Michael Lee Scott is a household name because when my mother met him, she also had a crush on him too. So she, when she listens, she's going to be like, oh my God, 
And I'm going to be like, yes, 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 yes. And we do when my brother bumps into you on the street, we have like, we have a whole thing. I had a Michael Lee sighting today and I was like, and how is he? And then when I always, and then when I walk down, I like beep every time when I come from Jersey now and I come through, I go down your block and I honk. I know. Oh, all the things, all the things. I think you can hear me because, you know, sometimes I think it's the suburbs and I think you know it's me. Yeah, you can feel me. I know. I know. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate it. And we need, we still need a new ending because this mask thing is all over the place. So, oh yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Monkey monkey has something to say. You know, I got the dogs going here. <laughs> so much going on. So much. When you work from home. That's you right. got to love it, though. That's right. Yeah. 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 Still working from home. So stay sit. Please keep washing your hands. Like, we had to get into it. We had to have a pandemic to remind people to wash their hands. <laughs> That's a whole thing in itself. And, like, be responsible with your mask. How about yeah. that? Just be, be responsible. responsible. Yeah. Be Carry it with you. It's and be... I actually get really smart and I button it right here and so it falls off. Oh, I that love is it. smart. I'm going to get the chain. Don't do it, please. <laughs> oh, no? What? No. I mean, I can't believe how quickly you rejected that. <laughs> but it's better than under the chin. Like when we keep it under the chin, then it, like my chin is now all red and irritated. I know. I had to actually go to a dermatologist and get medication because I was freaking out. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, and also like, you know, I, there's been, there's been some money that I spent in here. So I was like, this all <laughs> down. everyone to see it now. <laughs> see it. Hello. That I'm right. like, I'm aging backwards. Right. So, exactly. Well, I'll say now that the world has opened up, if you feel sick, stay home. That's it. That's what I'm going to say. If you feel sick, just stay Ooh, home. Ooh, that's a good that's one. It. Yeah. 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 He's okay. Smart. Because people want to be at everything that they're invited to now. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, listen, I went to everything I was invited to for two weeks and then spent like a whole day in bed. I was like, who do I think I am? Right. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This, uh, this accepting every invitation is for the 20-year-olds. Those of us who are over are, have right. not seen 20 for a long time are like, That's right. all the stimulus, Oof. the stimulation of people and talking. I know. All right. So we are actually officially going to stop. So we are going to stop here. See you guys next week. See you next week. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.